0: Good morning. This is Nick Augustine here with Mark Scroggins, and we're at Scroggins Law Group talking about children's issues and divorce for people who may be considering divorce and don't know what they're up against as far as how, what's going to happen with children.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of issues that, that go on. You, ha- you have a lot of people that will end up saying, I'm going to stay together for the kids. Uh, um, you know, depending on what the relationship is like, a lot of the times that's really not a good idea. You know, kids are pretty damn intuitive. They know what's going on. And if you're yelling and screaming and dog cussing one, one another in front of the kids, you're not helping them at all. Okay. So, right. you know, kids always do better in a situation where there is a healthy relationship there. So obviously the best is if you've got two parents and it's a healthy relationship, if you don't, you know, kids can thrive in the situation where they've got a relationship with each parent on a separate basis. Um, but that relationship's much better because you don't have the, all the tension going on in the house,
0: right? Learning to not live within chaos, you know, might be a better thing. Absolutely, you know, because yeah. Because those kids are able to, you know, move, select, discard, you know, so on as they move on in life and right. make their own decisions and really have control over what's going on. So, when people are looking at child custody issues, they might not know what to expect, especially. Right. Here in the Metroplex, we have different judges in different counties and different things happen. So it's tough to talk to your friends on Facebook or at the Country Club or wherever about what to expect with child custody because it varies so much.
1: Well, and let me mention this right away. That is a horrible freaking idea. Don't put, go talking to somebody that is going to tell you what the law is unless they're a divorce lawyer, okay? That is a tragic Mistake. I have not. I can't tell you how many people come in and tell "Well, I know the law says this," and it's like, "Well, that's not what the law says." Well, Aunt Betty looked it up on Google. Yeah. Well, Aunt Betty doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. <laughs> so, so let's let's talk about that. I mean, depending on so when you file a, uh, file a divorce, you're going to file what's called an original uh, petition for divorce. Okay. Depending on what the particular circumstances are, you might file a temporary restraining order at the same time. Mm-hmm. You might file a protective for a protective order if there's been family violence. Um, there are a whole bunch of different things that go into it. Let's take those two out of it and just say that you need to get temporary orders set. Okay. At some point the court is going to set a temporary orders hearing on the request of one of the parties. Now, what exactly is that? Okay. A temporary order is going to establish who lives where, who pays for what, who drives what, what the rights and duties are with the kids and what the possession schedule is with the kids. Okay. So as you can tell from just mentioning those five things, there are a lot of moving parts, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, The presumption in Texas is that parents should be joint managing conservators of their kids. That does not mean 50-50 possession time. Mm -hmm. That is talking about the rights and duties that one has in child rearing
0: decisions. What most people say, think of as custody.
1: That's right. And that's where it gets confusing because people think, well, I want joint custody. And they're talking about 50-50 possession. There There is no term as joint custody in Texas. There's joint managing conservatorship okay, which like I said, rights and duties, Mm -hmm. and then there's possession and access of the kids, which is exactly what it sounds like, okay, the amount of time you have with the kids. So as I mentioned, you've got this presumption with parents that they should be joint managing, okay, so unless somebody's, unless there's a, if there's been family violence, the court can't name parents joint managing conservator. Somebody's going to be named sole managing conservator and someone's going to be named possessory conservator. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody is named sole managing conservator, that doesn't mean they don't have possession and access of kids. Okay, What that means is these exclusive rights and duties fall to the sole managing conservator. So mm-hmm. the exclusive right to make educational decisions, the exclusive right to make decisions related to invasive medical procedures... The exclusive right to make decisions relating to psychological and psychiatric, okay, things like that. There's some others as well, but they don't come into play as much, so I'm not even going to mention it right now. But those are the things that come into play. Those rights and duties when you are in a joint managing conservatorship situation can be done a number of different ways. They can be based on agreement between the parties, which is an absolute cluster most of the time, because if you could agree on things. You wouldn't be having a hearing on stuff, okay? And you probably wouldn't be getting divorced. Mm -hmm. They can be done independently, which means each one of y'all can exercise those those things. That's much better. You can have uh, a situation where one side has to provide the other side with notice or has to consult the other side. What does that actually mean? Not a hell of a lot. It's, uh, hey, I'm going to go do this, okay? Mm -hmm. On the consulting side... Hey, I'm thinking that junior needs to get that mole on his neck removed. Okay. The other side says, well, I don't think so. Okay. Pictures are
0: coming up. Yeah. It
1: doesn't matter. Click. Right. I've got the right to do that after consultation. That's all consultation is. Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect anything really. So, so it can be done in a bunch of different ways where things get complicated when you're talking about what's going to happen with the kids is if there's going to be a fight over conservatorship, meaning those rights and duties, okay, and possession. And where you run into this is if both sides have a cognizable claim that they should be the parent who gets to establish the primary domicile of the kids, then you end up in a fight, Mm -hmm. okay? And what I think is inherent on... On all lawyers, and unfortunately, I think there are a lot of lawyers that are water carriers out there. They're just, client comes in and says, I want to do this, and they say, excellent, let's do that. You know, without really talking about what's the likelihood of success, you know, do you actually have a case, or are you just throwing good money after bad? You know, so any lawyer who's worth a damn should sit there and tell you, you know, if you want to go after this, you've got a really uphill battle, and the, or the likelihood is you're going to lose, or flat out, I don't see how you get there. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, and then you end up in situations where someone wants to have a custody fight, really as leverage for property settlement. Okay, I think using kids that way is abominable. Yeah. know, you should be ashamed of yourself right. for doing that. I won't do that. Okay, well, so it's
0: the same thing that we talk about when we talk about getting exclusive possession of the residence and family violence claims and things like that, when allegations are thrown around that end up getting tossed out later, it doesn't look good
1: no it doesn't I wish I wish more judges would uh, hold parties feet to the fire and right. lawyers who are well known for you know throwing out these BS uh, claims like that um, unfortunately I haven't seen many who do uh, now that being said if you've really got a family violence situation by all means you should pursue a protective order because mm-hmm. your protection and the protection of the kids is paramount But don't go off saying, doing something half cocked, saying, um, you know, the two of y'all had a screaming match. And all of a sudden, you're turning that into, uh, you know, oh, I was scared for my safety. And, you know, the kids were in danger, which is crap. Okay. Well, I called the police.
0: That's evidence enough right there. Right. Yeah. Which. yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so there are all kinds of ways that's you know, just a personal thing, I think that needs to be redone. So but anyway, that's kind of the way all of that stuff starts out.
0: All right. How much in when it starts out will continue afterwards? And so when we talk about that temporary orders hearing, right. some people think, well, you know, so what happens here? You know, she won, I won. Doesn't matter, I'm gonna clobber her later and we're gonna win in the end.
1: It all depends on the on the particular facts of the case. I mean, you know, just There are times that you're going to go into a temporary order hearing and, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, regardless, win, lose, or draw. And, you know, in family law, a lot of the times it's difficult to completely define win, lose, or draw because there's so many moving parts there. Okay. Mm -hmm. But let's say that you you have a cognizable claim. Um, Let's look at it this way. In Collin County, you have 20 minutes per side. Okay. For a temporary order hearing. That's difficult on a really, really complex child custody matter where let's say you've got uh, kids that have learning disabilities or kids that have uh, physical handicaps or emotional handicaps or different things like that. So really what the case is going to turn on is who can assist in that. Area more, and you've got maybe you've got one parent who is saying no, 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 that's not a problem. I'll tell you where you run into this kind of thing a lot of the time is <sighs> anti-vaxxer stuff, homeschooling stuff. Um, a child has ADD or ADHD, and you've got one parent who uh, is really a believer that you know that they're being informed by a doctor or a multitude of doctors that the child needs to be on certain medication. You have the other parent who is just, you know, taking a much more holistic approach. Uh, that's, you know, that is a fight at the core of beliefs. So that's difficult. I mean, so you might have a court make a determination at temporary order to go one way, either way. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the other side is just saying, no, that's not right. I don't believe that's in the best interest. Well, Mm -hmm. 20 minutes to deal with experts who are going to say, say that, you can't get through all of that. And so you're typically going to end up with a, the appointment of an amicus attorney who who is solely there to determine the best interest of the child. Or you end up with a child custody evaluation. So another expert who's coming in and making recommendations of what's in the best interest of the child from conservatorship to possession and access, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's where all of these collateral witnesses come into play. So there, there are a lot of moving parts, man. Well, so
0: twenty minutes is you can't do much in twenty minutes just to get the an expert qualified to an expert could take. Yeah, I minutes. mean it's
1: it's it that's the point. I mean it's difficult. So trying to get into all that, sometimes you have to go in with the knowledge of you're trying to educate the court as to what the issues are, right? As much as possible, you you beg for a little extra time, but if you get thirty minutes, you know you have hit a home run there, right? So you just have to be prepared for the next step.
0: So if I'm a client with a, a case and child custody issues, should I expect that we're going to be working with the other side and trying to resolve some of our issues before that temporary order hearing? I would hope so.
1: I mean, but here's that's a great question. OK, in a perfect world, you don't need lawyers. OK, um, <laughs> it all depends on the amount of. of acrimony, animosity, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Mm. And are you just fundamentally disagreeing on core issues? Mm. Okay. If you are, you might be able to agree on certain things, but you're not going to be able to agree on everything. I will tell clients every day that if you can reach an agreement with the other party that you, I'm not going to say are happy about, but that you can live with one, you've saved a shit ton of money. Second, uh, you know, you haven't gotten into, you know, throwing stuff at each other and, and dog cussing one another, okay? And because once that stuff, all this stuff about, you know, words will never hurt me is crap, okay? Words hurt, and they're out there, and once they're out there, you can't take that stuff back. So, it's important to remember that. So, yes, I want to try to see if we can resolve something, but sometimes you just can't.
0: Now, what happens if, and you brought up a few really good points with, uh, vaccination issues, right. you know, homeschool things. I mean, all. I mean, there's a lot of things that in the beginning stages of a divorce and custody battle, we might not. We're we're focused on immediate right. issues. So as people talk about well does your temporary order say anything about vaccination issues? And it's, I didn't even think to talk to my lawyer about that. And now I'm thinking about it after the fact.
1: Right. You know, generally those types of things you're going to, you're going to know about. I mean, so if you've had a, you know, vaccination start basically upon birth, right? Right. I mean, so early on. So typically, typically typically you're going to know about that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. if you've got um, someone who's diametrically opposed to that, that's going to have been an issue and that's going to start driving a wedge. And, and so those types of things you will, you will know to discuss. Right. Um, but some things can come up later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep.
0: What about money issues? Let's talk about um, temporary child support. Sure. And you know, is someone going to have to be paying for you know mom staying in the house with kids? Am I on the hook for that? Right. Have my child support. I mean, I'm self employed. Right. I my paychecks are. I don't have regular paychecks. I charge my clients as things go, mm-hmm. and I have a tax return, but I have variable <laughs> income. So, how are we going to deal with that?
1: Well, that's a great question. Um, yes, somebody's going to be paying child support unless you've got a 50-50 split and both parents make about the same amount of money. Okay. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you got a 50-50 split, one parent makes a lot more than the other, you're going to end up with an equalization payment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, if some, typically someone's going to remain in the house every once in a while, you find someone that does something where the kids remain in the house and the, um, and the parents are going back and forth with the house. You don't see that happen too it's often. It's a really
0: interesting concept.
1: Yeah. It's a nesting kind of thing. I think deal. it would be a good TV show. It's it's a, it's a great in principle. The problem is it's it's very difficult when people start, you know, you're getting a divorce and so you don't want to be with this person. And so you're living in each other's space. Right. Okay. And so it feels, you know, people start feeling violated right. from that. So that doesn't happen very often. Um you know, I've I've seen some people agree to that, but it generally is not a long term fix. So, so typically, if and let's say uh, let's say mom is wants to stay in the house uh, with the kids, okay. The court is generally trying to maintain the status quo, mm-hmm. okay. So, if mom in a situation where mom doesn't work or hasn't worked, okay, they're going to expect that she's going to go find a job, okay? right? So. Uh, know that going into it. Um, So
0: you can't just sit back and
1: well, but it's amazing those that do. I've got some cases right now where people have done that, and that's going to look ridiculous. Yeah, or so, I've
0: seen fathers who refuse to employ themselves and say, "Well, I was employed at a CEO level, and I can't. I'm not going to underemploy myself," and they'll just continue to not work.
1: Well, and then they can end up paying child support based on guidelines of what they made before. So yeah, you can really end fun. up with intentionally unemployed or intentionally underemployed. So right. there are a whole lot of things that are that are geared towards people that try to game the system and not doing that. So to your question. Someone is typically going to be ordered to pay child support on a temporary basis, okay? It's generally going to be based on what the guidelines are. So Mm -hmm. 20% for one kid, 25% for two, 30% for three, okay? And that's of net. And net is not like if you work at a big company and you've got this fantastic cafeteria plan that, you know, well, I've got disability and I've got short-term and long-term disability and I've got my 401k and I have a pension and I have all this... No, it's basically FICA and FUTA. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's what's coming out. If you're a member of a, uh, uh, if you're a member of a uh, union, you know your union dues and the amount of insurance that is paid just for the kids can be reduced from your net. Now the net is based on a cap at eighty five fifty currently. Mm-hmm. It is about to, as I understand it, is about to go up to ninety two hundred a wow. month. So you know that dramatically changes something. Okay, so. But that's what's going to happen. But that's on a temporary basis. You know, court can adjust that at the end. Child support's pretty much, it is what it is. Now, there are times where you can get above guideline child support, but you basically have to show some special needs of, of the kids to okay. be able to
0: do that. So, All right. With about a minute or so left, sure. let's nail some of the issues on mental health. Yes. Because people are talking about... The value of having you know going to see a counselor. Kids these days are used to it, knowing that it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. We're just talking out our feelings and you know talking about how things work. So, at what point might you approach a mental health professional?
1: Well, it all depends. Once again, on the particular facts of the case. I mean, what are the issues? Are we talking about an ADD ADHD situation? Are we talking about you know, a child that has some real depression and anxiety issues, mm-hmm. you know, have there been suicidal ideations? Um, you know, has somebody been cutting? I mean, what's, what's going on? Is it, you know, are there, is there drug and alcohol abuse? Uh, so there, are a, a huge number of issues out there. If you're talking about any one of those, you should absolutely look at talking to a counselor and ask if it's necessary for a referral to a psychiatrist and understand that, you know, the medications that we take as adults don't always fit those with growing bodies and growing brains.
0: Right. Well, and so as, you know, you look at adding another piece to the puzzle, what we get from the mental health professional could also impact you know, other things that are going on. So it's all a big, uh, con- it's a puzzle. It and is. the pieces get put together one by one. Right. At Scroggins Law Group, family law and divorce and custody is all we <laughs> all do. So the folks at home can know that that's a, they are in good hands.
1: Right. Yeah. That is, we are a, you know, we're a
0: specialty shop. I'm board certified in family law. I've been doing this over 25 years. We've got a team of lawyers and paralegals here. Exactly. Know and that.
1: they're all fantastic, you right. know. And so uh, that's what we do, you know.
0: All right. So for people who want to learn more about Mark Scroggins or the attorneys here at Scroggins Law Group, how do they get in touch?
1: You can always just send me an email at mark at scrogginslawgroup.com, or you can call our main number, 214-469-3100. Phones are answered 24 hours a day. So if you've got a true emergency you know, on the weekend called, you're going to get a hold of somebody and they're going to get in touch with uh, with the right person to get back to you.
0: Absolutely. We thank you all for sharing this podcast and video recording as you may find it because what Mark always says is hire and find the best lawyer you can and you're going to have the best experience. So we want everyone to find great lawyers.
1: Thank you much. Have a great day.